The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and in my heart. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. But they also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? And he said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread through the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zephyrath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the prophet, time of the prophet Elisha. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. And when the people in the synagogue heard this, they were filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Hopefully you remember last week's gospel reading from Luke. It was actually the first part of this passage. So today it's like part two. When you, know, when you watch one of those TV shows and it's too long for one episode, so they, they continued next week. This passage today continues to be part of the Luke's gospel, the way he introduces the whole ministry of Jesus. Remember last week, Jesus got up and read from the prophet Isaiah, speaking of a prophecy of Isaiah using the image of the year of Jubilee, when captives are set free, debts are forgiven, as an image of what Jesus was doing, saying that this is the time of the Messiah. It is the fulfillment of the prophets. Those who are captive are set free. Debts are forgiven. A year of favor of the Lord, a year of jubilee. And then the passage continues to what we hear today. And it's kind of hard to understand this stuff. It takes me a whole week. Actually, it took me 30 years. But <laughs> when they start to think, oh, this is wonderful. But then they start asking, hmm, isn't this just Joseph's son? Don't we know him? Why don't you do here what you've done in Capernaum? 
That's the meaning of that phrase, physician, cure yourself. Show us some of your stuff. Don't just preach it. And Luke goes on to kind of tell us, and this is again an image of what's going to happen in the whole of the gospel, that as Jesus proclaims his message, it's hard for the people to accept. And eventually Jesus is going to be rejected by his own in Jerusalem by the leaders of the religion. And he's going to pass through their midst. They're going to kill him. And through his death and resurrection, he's going to escape. This passage is also going into a little bit more depth of why people rose up against Jesus. Remember, the people were expecting the Messiah, prophesied. They had an image of what that Messiah be, and Jesus just said the captives are going to be set free, and they're thinking themselves, who are captives of the Gentile nations, Rome, and living persecuted. And that's what they believed the Messiah would do, is reestablish the kingdom, but in their minds, that was the kingdom of the chosen people. Once again, to defeat the enemies, the conquerors, have a battle, and be victorious and glorious once again, like the times of King David, King Solomon. Jesus indeed came to do all that, but not in the way people expected. As a matter of fact, his message is challenging because the people want to destroy their enemies, their oppressors, to fight. But he is saying that's not the way it's going to be in the kingdom. And so these passages he says about Elijah, who was a Jewish prophet, but then did miracles for a non-Jewish person. Elisha, similarly, he's saying, my ministry is not just for one group of people, but it's for all people. And I've been doing this for people other than you, but it doesn't mean I don't love you too, but I want all people to be together. Let me go a little bit further. Here's an analogy that I have heard that I think is helpful insightful. During the Civil War, our nation, bitterly divided, North fighting against the South. And during the war, at one point, Lincoln called the Southern generals to come and speak with him and the Northern generals to try to make peace. And when the Northern generals heard this, they said, we can't do that. We can't talk to the enemy. We must destroy the enemy. And you may know this. What did Abraham Lincoln said, say? He said, the best way to destroy your enemies is to make them your friends. This really is what Jesus was doing. He is establishing the kingdom of heaven. And he is in a battle or a fight. But the battle or the fight is not against humans. It is against Satan, the one who originally caused the sin or brought about or tempted us to do the sin 
and to divide us. You remember the story. Born into paradise, human beings in harmony with God, in harmony with one another, in harmony with all creation. And then entered the accuser, then entered the evil one, who put ideas in humans' head that no, God's lying to us. And if we eat the fruit, we'll become like God. And so they do that. And they're separated from God. They want to hide then because they're ashamed. And then they're separated from one another and they have to put on fig leaves and hide from one another. When sin comes into the world, it causes division. That's the tactic of Satan. You see, Satan hates God, but God, Satan can do nothing against God. So Satan seeks to hurt God by hurting his children. But God has protected us, and Satan has no power over us to hurt us. But what can Satan do is incite us to hurt one another to divide us, to lie to us, to get one side against another to cause an enemy, to cause a war, to cause pain. That's the tactic. Now, I feel a little uncomfortable talking this way. Ten years ago, I never would have mentioned the devil or Satan or these types of view of the world. But in my ministry, I've just seen it over and over. And that's ultimately the battle. No human being is our enemy. It is Satan. And he has no power over us in Christ. Christ has delivered us from captivity and slavery, from the domination of the kingdom of evil in Christ. And we are free. But we continue to fall to the temptations that have been throughout all of human history to find a reason to hate our brother and sister and hurt one another. We believe lies, we become divided, and we then feel we have to fight in order to establish the truth by destroying our brother or our sister. God has already established the fullness of the kingdom. Today, this world is very divided. We have many problems. And I see the fingerprints of Satan all over it influencing our leaders, influencing powerful people, influencing our families to divide us, to cause us to hate and hurt one another. And you know some of the divisions. They're probably in your families. But on the bigger level, we have our political divisions. Democrats, Republicans. In our church, in our world, we have our liberals, our conservatives. Many things divide us. We have San Francisco 49er fans and Rams fans. Couldn't help that back there. But if those divisions cause us to hate our brother and our sister, if those divisions cause us to try to destroy our enemy by dominating over them, then we've joined the other side, the side that's going to lose in the end when God comes and establishes the kingdom of peace and unity for all those who are his children. 
And so, remember, we're called to love one another, and the fruit of that love is harmony and division, even when we disagree. Is that possible? But we can still love amongst the disagreements. I may be very educated in politics or science, and I may be able to tell you that you're wrong. But if I don't have love, it's worth nothing. I'm a clanging symbol. Let this be our examination of conscience in the way we talk to one another, in who we listen to, in the ways of the world to identify it as is it from God or is it from Satan. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And so when we find ourselves in difficult situations, angry, upset, sit down and pray with this passage. What are my motives? Am I trying to just prove I'm right to somebody else? Am I trying to just get my way? Or do I really love them? Because love and truth can meet. As you listen to others, Try to decide whether they're loving and trying to promote the kingdom or simply divide. You know, they've done a recent study that was powerful for me. There's a project going around trying to get a Democrat to sit down with a Republican and talk. And, and they give them questions, they don't even talk about politics. But as they talk to one another, they become to respect one another, and then they share their views, and even if they disagree, there is still a mutual bond between them that they respect each other's opinions. When we are face-to-face -face with someone else, there's a different element. And most of us tend to be more civil and more loving and recognize that we're all in this one human family together. But oftentimes on the internet, social media, we don't have that face-to-face -face connection and we become very encamped in our different ways. And that is the work of Satan. And it's dividing us and it's hurting us. Let us use this passage in what we listen to on TV and the internet. Let us reach out and talk to others who disagree with us. Let us never fail to love. And may everything we do be of love. So that we too may then be part of that kingdom when Christ comes to establish it in the full.